Meanwhile... When it began, there was the usual rattling and thumping of ordinary things happening in ordinary ways. The brain, which rests very comfortably inside your hard skull, so it'll be well protected, is not really just one large organ, but has separate sections that take care of different kinds of jobs. Our world is full of sounds. Whether you live in the city or in the country, you hear sounds all day long. Not a minute goes by without your hearing sounds. Listen to the noises, listen to them all. Some are very big and some are very small. Big noise, little noise. Listen to the noises, listen to them all. Listen to the noises, listen to them all. Some are very big and some are very small. Big noise. Little noise. Listen to the noises, listen to them all. Just listen to the melody. It's quite appealing. It's warm. Teddy bear. Almost teddy heroic. Bear, turn around. Teddy bear, teddy bear, touch the ground. Teddy bear, teddy bear, show your shoe. Teddy bear, teddy bear, now skidoo! Then, when you're tired of jumping and tired of making noise, why, that's the time to sit down outdoors and listen. In the country, you hear lots of wonderful, wonderful noises, like a brook. The wind. Do you know what that is? That's a vacuum cleaner. Does your father have an electric razor? That's what that sound was. That's a fun sound, isn't it? Did you recognize it? That's the sound that a washing machine makes. You ever heard it? You ever listen to a washing machine? Now, I wonder how many of the rest of these noises you can recognize. Listen. We are going to imitate some of these sounds. Why don't you imitate them along with us? All the noises are so different that you recognize most of them immediately without seeing who or what causes them. That's a rooster, you'd say. Meow. That's a cat. That's a bull whistle, and of course, you find some sounds irritating, like a dentist's drill. Of course, there are sounds which are very pleasant, like the singing of birds. Or a girl with a beautiful voice. La, 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 la. Like an instrument of evil. You ever heard it? You ever listened to a washing machine? Sometimes you'll see a sign saying, quiet, please. And sometimes somebody might have to tell you, quiet, please, quiet, please, quiet. <laughs> huh. I'd like to take that sign and shake that sign and break that sign. I wish there was a sign that said, noise, please. 
Yes, maybe there ought to be a sign like that. We will now end on this note. That's a note on the piano. And those were my singers. Two noises. Hey, it's okay to say it, kids. Hayes for horses, you know. Here's a good experiment with sound. Put your ear a foot away from Daddy's watch. You can just about hear it. Now put the watch on a wooden table and put your ear to the table a foot away. Hanging by the neck with piano wire or from meat hooks. That's a fun sound, isn't it? Did you recognize it? Have you ever heard it? With all of this information, plus the right amount of money, you can take a bus ride. I'm very educational, in an odd sort of way. My little pussycat makes a little noise. Sure. Well, what? Hey, that was fine. Now, let's try some quiet noises. Can you have a quiet noise? Sure. Oh. Well, what? How about a noisy quiet? Quite a quiet no? noise. Or a quiet quiet. Can you have a quiet Outside quiet? The leaves no? Fell on the well, I guess we better stick Switch. to quiet noises. Switch. Now, you just imagine Inside these the noises quietly. Hiss. Hiss. Cats, though, sound pretty oh. much alike. How quiet my And then house some is. other noises that are so quiet you can barely hear them. Like the hum of the furnace. And icicle dripping. Snow sliding off the roof. The rustle of your sheets. Your own breathing. And a sort of muffled noise from the downstairs hall. Your parents talking. When we talk about climbing an octave, we say scale. A scale is a ladder of tones between the octave. And like skinning a cat, there's more than one way to get up to the octave. But the best known ladder, the best known scale, sounds like this. Something was strange. That tone sounded like an echo of that tone. There was another echo. Now, how did I do it? Let's see. Like skinning a cat. Still too noisy. The cat said, Meow, meow. Vibrations are what make the tone. Great! And from just the tones inside an octave, all the races of the world have found the sounds they like best. The sounds that seem to say what's in their heart. Valley. It's a vinyl solution. Mutations. Insert compensation joke here. And welcome.
It's Mid-Valley Mutations here on Sheena's Jungle Room. And uh, yeah, we're 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 uh we're digging through the uh the boxes of records. In fact, I actually had a different show planned for tonight already that I had kind of prepared a while back, and then it was starting to feel a little stale as December rolled around. You know how that is, where, like, you have a bunch of stuff picked out, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play all this stuff. And then, like, when it comes to, like, crunch time, you look at it, and you're like, I don't know if I want to listen to that stuff just yet. Maybe something else. Uh, The DJ's dilemma, as they call it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, this weekend I was kind of sitting around and I, I had a, uh, this desire to kind of rummage through the, the, the seven inches. And that, is, that is what we have this evening. All seven inches, all uh, of vinyl, uh, uh, nothing, uh, nothing from uh, any, any other format. I even broke a needle uh, uh, putting together this show. So, uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, you're getting the full effect, as they say. And he started stuff off with a little uh, big city orchestra doing a, a cut-up uh, of uh, kids' records. Uh, a, a great segue from uh, the BC show that we were just listening to of uh, Thrift Score uh, Holiday Tunes. Uh, man, I gotta say, uh, that, that, was, uh, that was weird. I, I was getting some serious uh, flight F-I-N-I-L uh, vibes uh, from that show, uh, BC. That was, that was pretty, pretty interesting, though. So. Uh, the thing I love about Sheena's and WFMU and, and whatnot is that uh, when you think you have explored the depths of the weirdness of uh, the particular records that uh, that you have come to be familiar with, uh, you eventually find that other people have whole other pockets of weirdness that you can explore. And it's, 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 it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope uh, uh, BC does a uh, Utah Tutah sequel show at some point because that would be that would be fun. Now we're listening to a record by uh, Reek, who has actually performed live on this show and has been a, a, a guest, an interview guest uh, as well. Uh, and this is uh, <clears throat> each record has a completely different cover uh, of, of collages and whatnot that uh, uh, they have uh, assembled, and so. Uh, uh, Certainly, a, 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 we're gonna we're gonna uh, explore some stuff like that for sure. But we're, we're, but uh, this is gonna be a wide ranging uh, exploration of, of seven inches and and forty fives, and uh, and we hope that uh, we're going to uh, entertain as many different uh, tastes and flavors out there as possible. Let's say a little hello to everyone out there. We got H and Imaginos. Hello, hello. Chris O, of course. Thank you, uh, Chris. Uh, Always a pleasure to have you in the chat. Uh, The Ramen City Kid. Hooray. I believe at least one or two of the records that I'm playing tonight were gifts from the Ramen City Kid. Uh, and, and of course, my uh, my ramen, uh, my record collecting uh, uh, conundrum and and, and uh, uh, lifestyle uh, heavily heavily enabled uh, by living with Ramen City Kid for for quite some time. Oh, and we 
Uh, we also have Coelacanth. Hey, how's it going, Coelacanth? Uh, yes, all of the mutants have got gathered around the turntable, and we're going to see uh, which speed is the right speed, as they say. But, uh, but yeah, uh, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit tonight. It's uh, um, it's Mid Valley Mutations here on Sheena's Jungle Room. And uh, we're digging through the 7 inches and the 45s and uh, all of the records that fit in that one certain uh, Weinhard's beer box uh, that uh, is conveniently 7 inch width, strangely. The inside of the box, I mean, uh, the outside is a different width, I believe. Yeah, let's get into it here. It's uh, 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 seven inches and whatnot from all over the place here on uh, Mid-Valley Mutations and Sheena's Jungle Room. Enjoy. It's a vinyl solution. Mutations. Getting into the groove. She had a big refrigerator. It was of the size usually found in tract homes among families with several children. She lived alone now. She had been married once, years before, and her husband had given the refrigerator to her for their second or third anniversary. She could never remember exactly. Even in that apartment, she thought it looked incongruous. When they divorced, they didn't have much to fight over, so he'd gotten the cats and she ended up with the refrigerator. It always shocked her a little when she opened that refrigerator to see how empty it was. A can of coffee, a two and a half gallon plastic jug of water, a carton of skimmed milk, and an open box of baking soda. From time to time there were also ingredients to make salads with. Romaine lettuce, tomatoes, scallions, peppers. These things always remained untouched in the produce department bags. Eventually, she'd open the refrigerator, notice a peculiar smell, and poking at the plastic bag, she'd see that the salad vegetables had turned to brown mush and she would throw them out.
When she went to the supermarket, she always got the large cart and she would traverse every aisle. She'd move slowly down each one through the paper products and the frozen foods and the ethnic foods and the dairy section and the produce section. Every so often she would stop and pick up a product and carefully, very carefully read the label. She would shake her head as she mouthed the words printed on the label and then she would put the can back down and move on through the market. At the checkout stand, the only part of the large cart that had anything in it was the upper fold-out part. It always held the same thing. Coffee, water, milk. Once every few weeks, there would also be salad things. She ate all of her meals in restaurants. I've been traveling through India now for eight months. Here is one thing that I've learned. The idea of Indian food as we know it in the West is a myth. Tandoori chicken, sag paneer, vegetable curries, naan bread, rice palau, all the lies of a fatter, more comfortable place where the chicken and vegetables and grains and spices can be bought for a price few think about more than once. In the last months of travel, I haven't been able to scare up much more than dal. a kind of watery lentil stew, rice and chapati, the Indian equivalent of a flour tortilla. In some of the largest cities, Delhi and Bombay, this other version, this Western idea of Indian food was certainly available at a price to rich white foreigners. I even vaguely remember seeing a pizza hut. I was in these places early enough in my trip that I felt no compunction turning up my nose at them. At the time, I thought to myself, I am a traveler, not a tourist. It would be cheating to eat at those places and pay those prices, and I will not do it. So I have traveled. I have pushed further and further away from the familiar comforts until I have reached a place where these comforts are no longer up the road at a five-star hotel. 
They are no longer in sight and like a swimmer in the ocean who goes out beyond the limit. When the shore has disappeared, I begin to panic. I begin to crave the foods that are unavailable to me as if my life depended on eating these particular foods. I even dream about them at night. In my dreams, I see a long table filled with bowl upon bowl of glorious Indian food. And Italian food. And burgers and fries and cakes and ice cream. In my dreams, I eat slowly and with my fingers. In my dreams, I am happy. In my dreams, I am full. In reality, I am in Bihar. The poorest state in India. I am in Patna, to be exact. a disaster of a city in the poorest state in India. I walk in the market, a market in which there is no food to sell, just the heat and dust of a country that has known only drought for 30 odd years. Crop failure this year has been 100%. There is no topsoil left to cultivate. The eyes of these people lance me. They are not angry or hostile, they are simply hungry. I feel their stares nibbling at my slightly overripe white flesh, loosening it from my bones. In this part of India, it is not my long blonde hair that is the object of awe or curiosity, it is my plumpness. I feel as if I'm being cannibalized. These people, their hunger infects me. I don't have the luxury of turning down the expensive restaurants. They simply do not exist here at any price. Tonight, I will eat the same food I have eaten at almost every meal three times a day since my arrival in this country. Dal, chapati, and rice. 
it will cost me the equivalent of 10 cents. In this place, I am a person of means.
It's a vinyl solution. Mutations. Sigh. Wake me when you get to the truly big discs. How's everybody doing out there? It's Mid-Valley Mutations. And right now, we are probably hearing the most recent 7-inch addition to my collection. The 7-inch that comes inside of the Art Devo boxed set. Uh, which is uh, thanks to uh, the Ramen City Kid who uh, who, who sent that uh, uh, my direction. And uh, wow, it is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful... Uh, let me put it this way. If, if you are a fan of those hardcore Devo albums and you've wanted more all these years, this is the collection for you. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's wonderfully weird, uh, delightful, uh, a, a, a perfect uh, complement, a, a great uh, kind of end-of-the-year release in a way. I, I, was, I was thinking about albums that I, I liked that were made in... 2023 uh i mean not all of them are i mean some of them are reissues of course but yeah uh, this one definitely is going to be on that list so it's, it's a it's a very cool uh collection and if i remember correctly this is the first untitled montage on the b-side which i think is actually uh called the uh what is it uh Oh gosh, I got I got I got to uh, zoom in on the photo here because uh here's uh, the H side, pardon. <laughs> uh, uh but uh I could be mistaken. Uh, I mean all of the uh, ones on the 45 or uh the 7 inch are all um untitled montage. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, we've been hearing all sorts of fun stuff, including uh Big City Orchestra, we reek. We also heard uh Nicole Panter at Delph Delphium, I think is how you pronounce that. Del- Delphium, uh, possibly. Uh, Butthole Surfers and the Residents all mixed in there as well. Um, yeah, we were talking about that Nicole Panter record. Uh, I-, I recommend exploring her work. Uh, Nicole's a fantastic person. Uh, I mean, it is unfortunate that uh, she is associated with the early punk scene because in a lot of ways that was like a few years of her life and then she went on to do many other things <laughs> so uh, but uh, certainly she was a key figure in the early punk rock scene managed the germs and then went on to write an uh, amazing uh, short story collection Mr. Right On and other short stories uh, which I think is unfortunately out of print uh, but um, I was looking online I think uh, copies are, are, are going for uh, over $100 uh, used these days uh but but if you can find it it is a a very good read uh an interesting slice uh, of um non-fiction and fiction and just kind of short vignettes of of her life (laughs) i i really enjoyed it and and i recommend it to anyone uh who can who can find it but yeah, we'll be hearing a little bit more from that record uh, as well. The Story Lady by Nicole Panter. This, this is back when uh, Kill Rock Stars was doing those word core releases where it was all spoken word. Uh, this is Word Core Volume 9. I think there weren't that many before they finally caved in and started doing music. But the initial Kill Rock Stars 
vision was uh, to, to, to kill rock stars with spoken word and other kinds of, of art that wasn't uh, just music. Uh, and then very quickly they were like, you know, there's some bands that we really like. Maybe we should just release those too. So. But I do like that um, on the backside they had uh, warnings on these records because you know, they're selling a lot of these seven inches along with all of the other rock and roll and, and uh, you know punk records that are coming out in that time. So uh, on the back there's a little warrant. Consumer advisory. The enclosed vinyl contains prose exclamation point and that, that, I, I, I love that so that's that's delightful we've had a few more people join the chat uh, since last I spoke and I think uh, Will the sound guy uh, thank you the show's sounding great now since you got here uh, thank you uh, Dave from Toronto uh, popping in uh, Mr. Fab, of course. I think I mentioned Coelacanth before, but I, I could be mistaken. Uh, H, yay! Always nice to see H. Um, yeah, hopefully we are, uh, we've now had something to eat, and we can move on to uh, the next section here um, as we descend into uh, well, uh, the next place that we need to go. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm uh, DJing with the window open. It's kind of warm. It's kind of rainy. It's kind of weird. It's December. It's my friend Kisu's birthday. Uh, oh man, the world is a weird place. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's get into it with some sequiturs. That might help uh, center us. It's a uh, Mid Valley Mutations here on uh, Sheena's Jungle Room. Uh, one of those WFMU uh, musical products you've heard of. Mid-Valley. It's a vinyl solution. Mutations. You're always pulling out your seven inches in public. It's embarrassing. Welcome back. Before we go on, please. Six ceramic animals. Fair Isle. Thursday. Please. White. Falling slowly. Good. The donkey's head that served as a jar lid. White. With a painted vase between its ears. A television personality says, okay. Okay. We now fully expect things not to follow from other things, such that when things do not follow from other things, they seem to follow quite naturally from other things. The real non-sequitur has perhaps become the sequitur, so to speak. Stop. When a point follows from another point, it seems not to follow at all because we expect it not to follow. And when it doesn't, it seems as if it does because we expected it not to. When a point follows from another point, we expect it not to follow. Yeah, absolutely not necessarily. And when it doesn't, it seems as if it does because we expected it not to. In other words, Viking, pharaohs, becoming poor, variable, white, losing its identity for a time, good. It was a nightmare. It was a light fixture. <laughs> no, there is so much information coming in. We never made love again, but we always remained friends. And then he said, I'm going to break your fucking arms. And now we have a sort of an information overload. What is softer than the flesh of a child? Attention is profitability for these companies. 
cosmic habit force. We don't know what's important and what's television and what's sensuality. My wife is in the hospital. Coming in. Time magazine. over your We don't know what's important, what we shouldn't. The other lens has been smeared with mustard. We should. We shouldn't. And someone is beating on the glasses with a hammer. Set them on fire. Not everybody is able to trust what would otherwise be organic disease. We don't know what we should be concentrating on. What's the deliberate manufacturing of falsehood? But you guys caused the death of somebody you should have never. Oh, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got marbles here. Because who in their right mind ever thought it was okay to put a concrete company 50 feet from a family home? A residential home. Octopus. And guess what? My dad called it dental floss. And guess what I did with it? Why? I put it away. Now remember, I have six butts, not six boobs. Because you know what? I'm going to be here every single meeting.
orange bird decided to fly out into the country. Soon, he came to a little hill, beside which was a little rill, that short the river. Beside the little stream, which was burbling and gurgling merrily, it was a little park for picnics.
Lo, death has reared himself a throne in a strange city, lying alone, far down within the dim west, where the good and the bad and the worst and the best have gone to their eternal rest. Their shrines and palaces and towers resemble nothing that is ours, around by lifting winds forgot, resignedly beneath the sky, the melancholy waters lie. No rays from the holy heaven come down on the long nighttime of that town, but light from out the lurid sea streams up the turrets silently, gleams up the pinnacles far and free, up domes, up spires, up kingly halls, up fanes, up Babylon-like walls, up shadowy long-forgotten bowers of sculpted ivy and stone flowers. Up many and many a marvelous shrine, this weathered breeze is intertwined, the vile, the violet, and the vine. Resignedly beneath the sky, the melancholy waters lie. So blend the turrets and shadows there, that all seem pendulous to air, while from a proud tower in the town, Death looks gigantically down. Their open fangs and gaping graves yawn level with the luminous waves. But not the riches that lie in each idol's diamond eye. Not the gaily jeweled dead tempt the waters from their bed. For no ripples curl, alas. Along that wilderness of glass, no swellings tell that winds may be upon some far-off happier sea. No heavings hint that winds have been on seas less hideously serene. But lo, the stir is in the air, the wave, there is a movement there. As if the towers have thrust aside, Slightly sinking the dull tide, as if their tops had been given a void within the gloomy heaven. The waves have now a redder glow, the hours are breathing deep and low. And when beneath the earthly moan, down, down that town shall settle hence, how rising from a thousand thrones. Do it reverence. Fuck you, punk rock nineteen seventy seven.
part of something that is completely and utterly new and different. Imagine that all your life you have felt cut off from the rest of humanity at the most elementary level. You do not communicate well with others. Imagine feeling so lonely and twisted that at times you really, really tried to kill yourself. Even though you were just a kid. Imagine that the people who were supposed to love you, your family, and deliberately brutalized and betrayed you in ways other people couldn't begin to imagine. Imagine that you were at the end of your rope. Then walk into a room where, for the first time in your miserable, horrifying, sad little life, you feel a part of things. understand you because these things have also happened to them. There's no need to explain your silence. Your shyness. totally obliterated every night of the week and to maybe fuck some really cute boy against a wall in a dark corner of the club without ever asking his name. And then go dive into the sea of bodies pogoing. There's no need to explain the way this music, this noise makes you feel. There's no need to explain why. When you get dressed, every day you do everything you can to make yourself look as ugly on the outside as you feel on the inside. There's no need to explain your hurt. Or your anger. with the damage you feel. Because it is perfectly self-explanatory in this place. 
Vanity Fair Mademoiselle L Vogue Time People Rolling Stone Slightly Stupid Naked except for makeup and airbrushing Our lust for perfect bodies flourishes while our understanding of nature dwindles to teacup size or even thimble size. Our soupy compassion, soapy water, toilet water, mist, gas, ether, composite robot face, computer generated flesh, non-existent, a perfect female combo race on Time Magazine's cover for you to fall in love with a non-entity created a no one not even a faraway centerfold not even a woman you can stalk or kidnap or shoot as she leaves her condo in Encino not even real Yet it appears all women fall short of this ideal, especially yourself. Don't tell me what to like. I like whatever isn't in the movies. Welcome to the Ubuibi brand professional Stereo Phonograph Needle Sharpening System. Included in your kit are the professional grade sharpening disc, which you are now listening to, the handy carrying sleeve, and the durable sleeve carrying device. Always remember to bleach your disc after each use. And now the safety tone. Mid Valley. It's a vinyl solution. Mutations. Make sure to seek professional help if your lock groove repeats for more than four hours. Ah, yes. A little bit of that BCO brand of humor that they are known for and do so well. I have to say that in a, a ironic or funny tone of voice because now I'm in BCO, so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's Mid-Valley Mutations, and uh, we're having a little bit of fun uh, on the radio. Uh, playing all seven inches, not necessarily all at 45, although uh, many of them were at 45, but also uh, a fair number were at 33 I almost played a 16-speed record. It was that kind of party. Um, but um, I, I decided instead to kind of keep it a little simple. Um, uh, I think you are correct, uh, Ramen City Kid. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, what, what do we hear in that last little block there? Well, in that descent uh, section, we uh, we got to the bottom of a bottomless pit uh, with negative land, uh, a little bit of uh, dick hunt. Uh, <coughs> sorry, duck hunt. Um, <clears throat> oh, pardon me. I don't know why I said that. Um, uh, men's recovery project. Um, Esperic glare with Monty Casaza, um, who unfortunately passed this year. Um, little tri- little tribute to uh, uh, Mr. Kazaza, uh, uh, and then some formaldehyde with uh, some more Nicole Panter mixed in the background there with uh, her piece uh, "Fuck You Punk Rock," 1977. Uh, something I I'm not usually able to play on the radio, but there's nothing wrong with playing it on Sheena's. Nothing wrong at all. Uh, and then we close that set with uh, uh, a, um, a piece uh, dedicated to uh, my co-host uh, on uh, 20 Minutes Into the Future, Heather, with that little line at the end, uh, I, I, I don't like what's in the movies, um, because uh, Heather famously uh, does not uh, keep up with film. Uh, oh, yes, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Mr. X, uh, for posting a link to my interview with Xine. I was just going to mention, I got to interview Xine. Cervenka quite a while ago I think it was my 12th anniversary on the radio um, uh, at the time uh, and so uh, certainly uh, um, uh, we, we, we had some fun, we, we talked we, uh, we played some music and some uh, uh, records and I asked her all sorts of questions about her career and uh, it was a lot of fun um, I, she was touring on a solo album at the time which we played some clips of um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, that was the only time I've really gotten to, to speak with her for any length. But uh, I have seen X a few times, uh, and I got to go to a nice, intimate acoustic concert with just her and John Doe performing at a, a small um, guitar shop uh, where the owner was friends. And so uh, a select few got to attend that show, including myself, because I had just met the owner and he was feeling generous. Anywho, uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, uh, uh, I like that Negative Land track. I think uh, that's on their new album, but uh, it's also uh, on the single. Um, but maybe maybe it's only on the single. I can't remember. I thought it was... Maybe it is on the... I don't know. I, I'll, now I'm, I'm, I'm doubting my memory, so I should just back off and, and let the, the needles continue to be sharpened here on uh, Mid-Valley Mutations and... Sheena's Jungle Room, where I DJ with the window open, apparently, and no one seems to mind. Which I guess is a good thing. Oh, and I see Heather chimes in right at the end there to uh, say thank you for the dedication. Uh, I appreciate that you do arts and crafts while you listen to our program. That feels very appropriate. Anyway, back to the show. It's Mid-Valley Mutations, and sometimes it sounds like this. Yes, they're settling down. Listen to those big old green heads gavel. 
As you can probably hear, there was a bunch of woods in that bunch too. I don't believe they know we're here. They're swimming right up to our blinds. Please listen to the difference in tone in knowledge yet. duck calling down into four basic calls and learn them one at a time. The hail, or sometimes called a highball call, is a long, loud call used to attract ducks at 300 yards and over. The greeting, or comeback, is similar to a hail call. Once you have turned a flock and they are within 300 yards, use the greeting call. baby. There's a good reason I didn't tell my mother and stepfather who the baby's father was. I wasn't exactly sure. I could figure out who it wasn't, but there were too many it could have been to narrow it down to just one. The baby wasn't brown and that ruled out a few, but still it could have been any number of people. I've slept around a lot, and even though I know exactly how it started, what I'm not sure about is how it all got so out of hand. 
I know that if I went on one of those TV talk shows like Oprah or Ricky Lake to tell my story, that the audience members would be booing me and calling me a slut in no time. They'd probably say that I was starved for love or attention or both, but that's not true. I never confused sex for love, not even when I was 12 and going down to the drive-in and making out with white trash speed dealer boys I didn't know from the little town surrounding the shiny resort town I grew up in. I hated that town. I hated the cactus, the sand, the golf courses, the swimming pools, the big houses, but most of all I hated the people. For a long time the only thing I cared about was the old library downtown. I'd walk there almost every afternoon when I was in grade school and I'd sit and read until it was time to go home and have dinner. Even now I remember the smell of those books which were the smell of comfort to me. I didn't have very many friends. Everyone in town thought we were weird. I blame this on my stepfather. He did have weird ideas about how to raise kids. When everyone else wore jeans, we had to wear dresses. When everyone else got to go outside to play, we had to stay in the house. I had sex before I was allowed to shave my legs. He didn't know about the sex part. He would have killed me for that. My punishments for being bad weren't always private. One time he made me stand outside on the curb next to our mailbox on a Saturday afternoon with a sign around my neck saying, I am stupid, for doing something I don't even remember now. I never knew when or where a fist would come crashing into my face or for what reason. My sister didn't have as bad a time with him, but she always kissed his ass and I didn't seem to know when to shut my mouth. He didn't just have strange ideas about raising children. Everyone in town made fun of us for other reasons, like our house, which had eight naked lady statues that were lined up in the front yard. Each one was painted flesh color with pink nipples and brown pubic hair. When I was young, the high school kids started making a big thing out of kidnapping a statue off our front lawn every year and having it show up on the football field at the homecoming game. My mother had been married to my stepfather before I could remember anything else. I do remember that my real dad tried to see me and my sister when we were younger, but he gave up when my mother made it too hard for him. Basically, she chased him out of our lives. Gossip around town said that my stepfather had been a mafia gangster. He said he was a retired businessman. All I know is that like everyone else in that town except the Mexican maids and gardeners, we were rich. My mother was much younger than him. He was an old man, but he was strong and mean. Sometimes I like to think she didn't see what was going on, but in my heart I knew she really did. The thing is, my stepfather was the ruler of our house and nobody was supposed to question him or talk back to him. I got interested in boys when the Salzmans moved in next door to us. I was 12. There were six boys, each sandy, blonde, and handsome, aged six to sixteen. All their first names ended with a Y. Mr. Salzman was a big-shot lawyer who spent half his time in Los Angeles. When he died of a heart attack a few years after they moved there, they found out that all along he'd had a second family in L.A., six girls, each the same age as his boys. Like the boys, all their first names ended with a Y.
Bobby Salzman and I became friends. He was my age. He didn't care about my weird family or our naked statues because in his family things were tense too. We rode our bikes and went swimming in the canyon snowmelt together. In the summer, we went to the evaporating golf course ponds and caught hundreds of perfectly formed tiny baby frogs. He became my best friend. He was my only friend. I told him everything. Well, nearly everything. If Robbie was sweet and gentle, his mother's favorite, Billy Salzman was the dangerous one. Two years older than Robbie, he smoked and he swore and he stole things. When I was 14, he was 16. He was always climbing out the window late at night to party and forever being thrown out of their house for fucking up. I felt so shy around him I could barely talk. I was surprised and self-conscious when he came and sat down next to me on the curb in front of our house one evening when I was out there killing time, avoiding whatever unpleasantness was inside. Billy was different from the boys at the drive-in that I fooled around with. Doing that had already given me a bad reputation. I could hear people whisper slut as I passed by in the street. I lost my virginity to Billy later that summer on the golf course near our house, and I still remember everything about it. Whenever I hear the clacking of a palmetto bug's wings in summer, I think of him, the tightness like a seal being broken, the quick warm burst of pain and blades of brown summer grass tickling the small of my back. He was surprised that I was a virgin. He wasn't deaf. He'd heard the rumors, and like everyone else in town, he'd assumed I'd already been had. He said it made him laugh to think he'd been the one, and then he pulled me close to him and kissed the top of my head. We carried on with each other for nearly a year, sneaking off to the golf course late at night. I figured the less my stepfather knew, the better off we'd all be. I would like to say that Billy died, that he'd been partying with a bunch of his friends out at the Indian Cemetery and that someone dared him to smoke some Jimson weed, or that he'd been climbing up the canyon at the waterfall, slipped and hit his head, but the truth of it is much less dramatic than that. We finally got caught with each other and my stepfather beat the shit out of him. He threatened to kill him or have him thrown in jail or both, so his parents shipped him off to some relatives back east. I never saw him again, it was that simple and that stupid. After Billy left, I didn't know what to do with myself. I felt lost and empty. Soon I began having sex with lots of different men and boys. They thought they were using me, but I was using them to pass the time, to make it go quicker. Also, even though he had no idea what was going on, I figured I was getting revenge on my stepfather. No one was off limits. I slept with lots of boys at school and with a few teachers too. I slept with the only motorcycle cop in town, with a gas station attendant, with a golf partner of my stepfather's, with my guidance counselor in his office when he tried to talk to me about my problem, 
There were so many that I finally lost count, and then I did it with Billy's brother, Robbie, my best friend, who looked at me with such hurt in his eyes when it was over that I knew things would never, ever be the same between us again. At the time, I didn't know this, but looking back now, I do. With every one of them, I tried to find something of him, something of what I knew had been lost to me. For a while, a few seconds or so here and there, I did find it in a smell or a gesture or in the temperature of someone's skin against mine or even in the weight of one of them on top of me. I found what I had felt with Billy, but never long enough for me to grab onto or find any real comfort or relief. It was bound to happen sooner or later, and I was glad when I realized I was pregnant. Sometimes I think I kept my mouth shut for so long so that they couldn't make me get rid of it. They had no idea until I was in my fifth month, until my sister told them. Little did I know they'd find a way to take the baby from me anyway, even without my consent. I couldn't tell what he looked like when he was born. He just looked like a baby to me, wrinkly and red, and in a way that made him completely mine. When my mother told me he would be raised by her and my stepfather as their son, as my brother, it was like something in me snapped, like all of a sudden my feelings were yanked to one end of a long, long tunnel, and my body was still at the other end, and they'd never be in the same place at the same time again. But that was okay because I was a little tired of feeling so much.
four calls are the feed calls. We use the feed calls when ducks are within 150 yards or closer. Last of the series is the lonesome head. Now let's listen to these four basic calls. First, the hail or highball call.
Mud Valley. It's a vinyl solution. Mutations. 33, 45 or 16? Sure, why not? I don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, you can you can, you can fit quite a bit on a 7-inch at 16 speed. Just ask the folks in Earth. The band the band Earth. I mean, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm sure you I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's uh it's Mid Valley Mutations. Uh, we're playing on a bunch of uh, musty, dusty, oldy moldies from the the 7-inch boxes that uh, have been sequestered to my closet for the holidays because we need the space in the living room for holiday decorations. But it was a perfect reason for me to start going through the the, the records and, and, and pulling out all sorts of stuff that I had not heard in quite some time. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, let's see. What, what do we hear in that last little section there? Um, I actually have... Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we started that section off uh, with uh, Don Haugen, uh, with uh, you know, and I actually, I unfortunately do not know which side I played because the record he gave me is clear, unlabeled, and does not have any etchings in the uh, inner groove. So uh, I, I have no, I know, I no idea which one of those I played. So I, I just. Uh, uh, put them both in the song title. Uh, Don Haugen. Uh, that was what I mixed with uh, The Baby, along with uh, a bunch of stuff by Start! Exclamation point. Uh, or actually, it was just one track by Start, but it sounds like three. Uh, uh, and then we heard a little bit of Forest Friends. I was, I was talking about this in the chat, but unfortunately, uh, side A of that record does not want to play for me, no matter how hard I try to massage it into playing nicely. It just does not, does not want to. So... I am very sad about that. Uh, and then we heard a little bit of the uh, Brent Lewis Ensemble, uh, uh, a group that I was, uh, uh, I've played a show with before and I was able to book for a show uh, when I was booking shows back in the day, pre-pandemic. Uh, and uh, yeah, they sent me a 7-inch and, and a bunch of other stuff. It was very nice of them. And uh, yeah, oh, I, I, so yes, uh, post-materialists. Uh, this is a very weird little lathe cut record. I'm glad it actually sounds pretty good this time around because uh, the, a couple other times that I have played it, it, I don't think it sounded very good, unfortunately. Uh, so I think this is actually, I, I got the needle in the groove. It's, uh, it was playing as, as well as I think it ever could. Um, and, and I got this record from a band that I was running sound for. Uh, they were on tour. The band is called Asian Women on the Telephone. Uh, and uh, they were they were delightful. Uh, Russian uh, kind of experimental uh, noise rock kind of band. Uh, very, very fun. Um, and uh, and w- one of the things that they did is they had all these boxes, like big boxes of records, and uh, they were just giving stuff away to anybody who wanted them of uh, just Russian music. And so I managed to get a Russian heavy metal album, this post-materialists uh, lathe cut record, and one other record that I, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. But and then and then a pile of CDs as well. So uh, I mean, they, they were a wonderful, delightful band. I love playing stuff that I got from them. Uh, 
when I was on Facebook, they were still on Facebook. And so occasionally I would get a Russian uh, indie scene updates through them of like what bands were hot that that month it was it was fantastic they were they were they were delightful and then uh now we are listening to a little bit of uh felix cuban uh from this uh, seven inch that i picked up at the ozone going out of business sale in portland when the ozone records was closing up shop and decided, nah, we're, we're selling everything. And, and this was one of those sales, uh, I wish the Raman City kid were in the chat because he and I did this both together, uh, where um, the deal got progressively better as time went on. And so uh, you'd uh, sit in, uh, you'd wait in like the first week, there would be like the 10% discount. So uh, you'd go like, oh, okay, well maybe uh, I'll uh, go in and see what's worth the 10% discount. And then like the next week, 20% and on and on. and. I recall going in when they had reached the 75% discount rate and buying every single thing I could imagine wanting in the store. And I think the total price was $23 or something like that. It was, it was really, really, really uh, uh, insubstantial compared to what I got out of the deal. A bunch of seven inches, actually, and so the yeah, the, this uh, um, uh, Psycho Geographic Y record was one of them. Which uh, I, I wish I had the X uh, edition of that record because uh, it has a Office Products song featuring Doug Therio, who I'm a big fan of. Um, and uh, yeah, Coelacanth, I think you may be correct. I have heard Asian women on the telephone uh, on WFMU as well. I know uh, a live set. And, and certainly some of their uh, recorded material uh, appears on the uh, experimental radio show What's This Called quite often because uh, that is right up Ricardo Wang's alley and uh, he, he loves that kind of stuff. Noise rock in particular is like his, his, his jam. Uh, anyway, uh, we're talking a lot and uh, we need to get on with things despite everything. So uh, let's, uh, let's keep going. It's uh, Mid-Valley Mutations here on Sheena's Jungle Room, WFMU, and uh, yeah, we dug into the seven inches and we're making all sorts of compensation jokes. Sort of like this one. Mid-Valley. It's a vinyl solution. Mutations. Let me know when you're done playing with your little records so I can go home and pull out my big 10 inches. myself with the needle and you know that didn't feel good and that hurt he filed them down so that they would look like human teeth And 
now you think is funny. I, um, I had a nose job. my head very loud and clear, upon this rock, I shall renew my faith. with melted butter in your hand all the time showing people melted butter so they could recognize that you've got it. You could create even more charisma within yourself and create instant rapport that you could then translate to the person you're meeting with.
my head. I hear music in the air. I really do believe there is a heaven somewhere. Up above my head, I see trouble in the air. I really do believe the there is a heaven <laughs> The lonesome hand call. Let's start now.
Listen now as we go through this motion. Listen now as we go through this motion. Listen now as we go through this motion. Tick a 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 tick of my unfinished Hollywood novel not yet started. I thought I'd drop by the office and surprise them at work. As soon as the development money came through from the studio, they'd found themselves an office in one of those semi-deserted buildings on Wilshire that was left over from the 40s. Dark wood. Low light, long shadows, ceiling fans, and a humidity all its own. I thought I'd be a good wife and drop by with some sandwiches for the boys. Bad idea. I opened the door without knocking, of course, and walked in in the following scene. husband, the underground genius playwright, is sprawled in a chair, head flung back, mouth gaping, fly open, dick out, hard, and stuck in the mouth of adult America's favorite television clown who is, accommodatingly enough, down on his knees. My beloved's right arm hangs down to the side, his hand reflexively opening and closing in the same rhythm that Brownie White's head is moving up and down. My Jack's other hand rests on Brownie's cheek, pinky finger along the jaw. The blowjob is nothing. It is the inherent tenderness of this gesture that does me in. It is this small thing, this caress, that tells me I have already lost this war. I run downstairs blindly. I don't know how I haven't hurt myself on the stairs. And I find myself in the parking lot. Okay. 
maybe I have lost my husband to this, this, this man. But another instinct comes up into my throat like vile, the instinct for revenge. I could go back up there and kill them both. What jury would ever convict me? Then, in the far reaches of the parking lot, I see a big chunk of cinder block. I pick it up, and before I'm finished, Brownie White's brand new convertible sod looks like a tin can that's been through the recycling center. For good measure, I take a penknife out of my bag and slit each one of the tires on the sidewall so that it can't be patched. I leave the parking lot unmolested by any good Samaritans and make my way home. Hours later, Jack calls me asking if I can't pick Brownie and him up. The most terrible thing has happened to Brownie's car.
stating that watery waves are chronically bald in the evening light. The fireflies bright. On the end of your nose, take repose in the gleam of your eyes, which are crossed like a bridge of your nose. When you It's, uh, it's that time, isn't it? When uh, I apologize for going over a little bit and then we go over a little bit. 
But uh, yeah, I wanted to say thank you to everyone for hanging out. Always a pleasure to have uh, folks in the chat who are uh, interacting and making comments and things. That's what I like to do. I always feel I have a lot to say every time I get down into the chat and start listening to songs. But uh, I think maybe I just have a lot to say in general. I was thinking uh, not long ago about the uh, comical tombstone uh, quotation that just says, I have so much to say. And then my my years, but perhaps that is uh, uh, ridiculous, as they say. Anyhow, uh, hopefully we got to play a lot of different kinds of seven inches. And hopefully we got to make lots of different kinds of compensation jokes. But yes, uh, playing a lot of things that uh, had been in my mind, things that I enjoy, things that I had uh, had not heard in a while, and or just was kind of wondering about again. And this is the plight of a, of a record collector: is you get you, you have so much stuff, and, and and every once in a while, in order to make room for new things in your mind, you have to forget about old things. And so you look at these records, and you're like. I kind of remember that one, but also, was it, hmm. And, and there is something about the the seven inch serving size that I find particularly enjoyable, just in, in terms of uh, uh, content, uh, the amount that you get, the, the amount of te- attention span that it requires. Uh, it, it feels like a complete package in a lot of ways where like, by the time you're done looking through the stuff that comes with the record, the first side is over already, and so you gotta flip it. And then, like, you're just kind of settling down to kind of, like, read all the notes that come with the record, and then it's already over. Like, there's something about that that's kind of like, I don't know, like a perfect serving size of, of entertainment that... I, I, don't, I don't know, as a younger person, I was just enamored with the 7-inch as a as a format. I just remember going into House of Records constantly in, in, in Eugene, uh, down down south of the Mid-Valley. Uh, <clears throat> and I would go in and it was like just boxes and boxes of these 45s, 7 inches that I knew nothing about. And I was kind of like, this is in the 90s, so I'm like guessing half the time based on the cover. And, and I was a little bit embarrassed to ask the clerks to play records for me because I was one of those kids where I was like, you know, if I ask them to play the record for me, they're going to, like, know what record I am, like, wanting to buy, and they'll get to make fun of me uh, one last time uh, before uh, I-, I walk out of the store. And I, I-, I don't know. So I, ju- I usually just bought Sight Unseen and, and kind of hoped. And, and-, and-, and you-, you get good after a while kind of recognizing record labels, and you go, oh, this guy played on this record, so that must, ooh, that must mean... Well, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so, like, that was kind of how you, you got good at things beforehand. These days, I, I kind of come armed with a lot more information that I need when I'm record shopping. But uh, I think that's just the, the, the way the, the, the modern world works. 
oh yeah, uh, we heard all sorts of fun stuff in that last little batch, including people like us. Oh, I, I, I do love people like us. Uh, uh, Jim O'Rourke, Instagon. I do love Instagon as well. Uh, something from a compilation that I got at a wonderful uh, festival that I went to that has a bunch of noise stuff on it, including some weird guitar looping stuff by Alan George. Uh, what's his name? Uh, and and yeah. Oh, and we were hearing uh, 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 some Duck Call stuff uh, from a Duck Call record that I have throughout the show. Let's close up with a little bit of Mecha Normal. I love Mecha Normal. I got to record some David Lester at one point uh, uh, with his partner. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, it's Mid-Valley Mutations, and sometimes we close like this.
this final document, your protest against.